Ask Sherwin-Williams during the Endless Summer Sale, August 26th through September 5th, and get 30% off paints and stains with prices starting at $29.39. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, you time means you building, you drilling, you doing, you recharging, you saving, and you going back for more. Do Labor Day your way and get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome. This is another episode of uh, Good Grief Daddy. My name is Jesse. No more Good Grief. Ah! What the fuck? Okay. That was interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's up, everybody? Good grief, griefers. Wh- where y'all been this whole week? How y'all's week been? Hope has been good. Hope has been wonderful. Y'all probably wondering, where the hell is Jesse? She's right here next to me. But you're probably wondering, who is this guy talking, this beautiful sounding man, talking to this beautiful, thick sounding man, sitting in this chair, talking to this microphone? You're probably wondering all them questions. Well, I'm here to answer them for you. So uh, let me introduce myself. My name's Keenan. I'm pretty much the shit, but you know, all that good stuff. And this is a Good Grief Keenan. This is a takeover. I'm taking over this podcast. It's mine, this entire episode. So watch out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come take all your favorite podcasts. Joe Rogan, watch out for me, buddy. I'm going to take your shit and all them damn subscribers. <laughs> so <laughs> bring them over here. Manifestation for real. So I'm here today doing my thing. You know, this has been a dream of mine. I wanted to I want to be on like the radio or something like that. And my my best friend was like, yo, you want to do my podcast? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, but do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. So I'm here doing it. Just here to have a good time. So Jessie had the great idea that she wanted to get some questions from her fans. And she wanted someone to come on here and ask them, but she wanted them to, you know, uh, you're, you're just, all this audio is just that. Have a little bit of personality. That's what I wanted. Oh, my God. Someone with a little bit of personality. Oh, I thought she was telling me to get some personality. No, no. I just took that so personal. No, I was <laughs> looking for someone with a little bit of personality to kind of make this more interesting and of course i won't always have keenan do questions but i figured this would be a good way to introduce keenan to you guys because i love this guy so so much and he's kind of the reason why i started a podcast in general so thank you for that i appreciate it so this is my thank you gift to you hey well yeah so and no shade at previous guests, you know, y'all have plenty of personality too, you know, but you know me, y'all know me. So I, uh, I'm here to bring it and, um, I'm here to just have a good time with my girl. Some of these questions might get a little bit personal, but, uh, let's just make things very clear. Me and Jesse joke around about shit all the time 
And uh, so if I say something kind of crazy, I'm sorry. But if she laughs, it's okay. So y'all can get over it. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> so um, so you guys can get to know me a little bit. Uh, uh, me and Jesse went to high school together. Uh, we had a few classes together in uh, freshman year and senior year. Um, senior year, we won prom king and prom queen uh, together. Uh, hell yeah, EP ho. And then we went to college together. We worked a couple of the same jobs and we just stayed in touch. We've been really close friends. I've kind of been with her through a lot in life. She's been through, she's been with me through a lot in life and we've just been there for each other. And we're like kind of um, soulmates in a way, if you will. Soulmates. Soulmates. It's very um, fun, our friendship. We, If I ever want to do something wild, I always have a, a friend to go to. To um, just have a good time with. We don't get too. We don't get too wild. But um, yeah. So, anyways, I want to introduce my guest, the lovely, the beautiful, voluptuous. I don't know if that really describes you. That but. is absolutely. I am not a voluptuous woman. You're not, but I wish I was. But in my eyes, you're voluptuous. Your heart is voluptuous. Um, then the, I should probably go get that checked out. <laughs> myocarditis. I talked about this earlier. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, the beautiful, the talented, Jesse. Hi. Good grief. Hello. <laughs> so, Hi, guys. <laughs> so, um, Jesse, uh, uh, recently on social media, uh, reached out and, uh, wanted to get some questions from all of her, uh, fans and see, uh, if you guys had anything you guys wanted to talk about, anything she might've covered in the past that you wanted, you know, to go a little more in depth on. So, uh, I have those questions here today. We're going to do a little Q and K questions with Keenan, and, um, we will, uh, see how it goes. Um, so let me look at my list real quick and get a, uh, question so um the first question that i have have you had a loss of someone while in a relationship and if so how did you how did you juggle both um so basically uh how did you deal with death and being a relationship and like where did your focus go in those times Mm. why did i just get nervous uh oh yeah that just made me get nervous so believe it or not I have been in a relationship when I lost my dad and I lost my brother and while I lost my mom with different people. Judge me if you want, but your girl went through some stuff, okay? I It's hard. Um I think it's one of the hardest things especially like when I lost my dad. I kind of just I don't even know what I would describe myself as like what happened, but I was bitter at my partner and I feel so bad for that because it wasn't his fault. It was just, I didn't know. I didn't know, you know, with your first loss, you don't really know how to act. It sucks. I bet. I mean, and especially like, just cause I kind of know the situation you were really young you know, still, yeah, you were young and that was a lot. And he was young too. Let's also point out. Yeah. So like there was, um, things kind of done on both ends that were, if people like, if you were this age and going through it, um, 
probably wouldn't have happened or probably would have happened differently. Yeah, you know? definitely wouldn't have happened differently. Yeah. I, you know, I expected a lot out of him. I wanted him to be there for me all the time and he just couldn't and no one really could. So I really, uh, really fucked up on that one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I really messed up on that one. You know uh, what, though? It's, um, it's not, you guys are good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You guys still have a great friendship. Yeah, and... we're definitely still friends. And I, you know, unfortunately, he just went through something as well. It's quite similar. And it's, I'm, I'm glad that I can be there for him um, in a way that I know that he would need someone to be there for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, my direction was, was uh, I had to do what I had to do to take care of myself and it meant putting my partner on the back end and i wasn't really proud of that but it was kind of a way of protecting myself so it is really hard and when i think this is important that's why i'm I'm talking a little bit more about it no you're good but when you're in a relationship with someone who has lost somebody it's extremely important to talk to them and allow them to talk to you as well even if they don't want to because they may not know what they're going through because i didn't know what i was going through when i lost my dad i just knew that my dad died so (laughs) i mean that's just completely honest i didn't know how to express what i what i was feeling because i didn't know what i was feeling so well, and you also want to you want to talk because I can kind of say this like just from being your friend through um you know this whole situation like um you're dealing with a new person kind of after each death, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not entirely yeah. you're not like completely a different person from when I first met you, but you're definitely not, you know, who that same person was and absolutely you know and no I one expects that of you definitely changed yeah since then. <laughs> yeah and of, and of course in a good way in a good way and, yeah. and and not just because of the tragedies but also you know with growth you're you know years older but um especially with uh losing somebody you want to communicate with that person because you are going to be dealing with a completely new person and um you know you want to know especially if you love somebody you know, that's the biggest deal. If you're in a relationship and you love somebody and they go through something like this, you want to be there for them um, through this horrible time. So um, anybody out there that's in a relationship and uh, is losing somebody, pay attention to that. Because um, if your partner isn't, you know, treating you right during those times, you know, what's going to happen? You I know, think that later was times. beautifully said. I honestly couldn't have said it better myself. And that's why I didn't say it. Um <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Keenan. Welcome. It's just the truth. So, anyways, let me put my drink down. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the next question. Um, just because we do have uh, some, and we want to make sure uh, we get all, all of them in. Um, this one I liked. Um, do you feel bad about making jokes of your about your deceased family? <laughs> and let me just kind of add to that. Do you feel bad um, when other people do it? And for example, the other day when we were at Dragon Con on Saturday, oh no, it was actually Sunday morning. Okay. Um, one of our friends that was at Dragon Con mentioned that their mom was there 
And me and Jesse kind of made a joke, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh my gosh, your mom's here. And I was like, yeah, she's not good with moms. And um, I kind of got this look. And I mean, I know you weren't mad at me or anything like that, but it was almost like, a, did he really just say that? And I'm just curious. Did that like do anything to you? Oh my God. No, I loved it. Okay, good. I loved it because, <laughs> okay. So let's start with the first question. Do I feel bad? At first I did. Uh-huh. At first I did because I was really young and the people around me were very concerned. Very concerned for me. And I mean, rightly so. I can understand why. But as I got older, the jokes got worse and more frequent. Because, you know, like everyone knows, is I just I just deal with this with humor. And I think when my friends can make jokes alongside with me, it makes me feel less weird. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think it's so great. That that joke this weekend, like <laughs> I loved it. I okay, it good. Great. But yeah, not good with mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> good. No, I I can completely um relate to that honestly. Like uh with with my whole thing like being gay, like it definitely does make it easier when somebody can kind of joke around with that, you know what I'm saying with me. Um versus like just kind of like stepping around the question you know what i'm saying yeah so like it's definitely it's i I can definitely relate um i can think about one person in particular that we're both friends with that like um they joke around with it um and it's funny you know what i'm saying but it makes me feel better because like if they didn't i'd almost feel like they were like judging me behind my back or something like that you know what i'm saying yeah no, so I get that. it makes you feel more comfortable yeah yeah totally um so but that's good to know i'll definitely make more uh dead people jokes um <laughs> love it so um the next question uh is another good one um i kind of probably should have followed this with the after the job or the relationship one but um How did you finish school while dealing with these losses? And not only that, how did you um, work a job during all of this? Because let's not discredit that. You have been working a job and going to school for a very full-time job, mind you, for quite some time. And congratulations for that. Not to mention dealing (laughs) with all of this other stuff. And I say congratulations because that's something I have not yet achieved. Uh, Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um... Hmm. How? So when I lost my dad, I was working with the Girl Scouts and they were very flexible. So I continued to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot you worked with the Girl Scouts. I did work for the Girl Scouts. You used to go to my church, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes. You used to go to my church on like Wednesday nights or something and like set up. Yeah. And I loved the group of girls there. They used to call me Pocahontas. It was. I loved it. But. Um, so it was really flexible, but it was also during, well, we had a class together when my dad was dying. Remember our public speaking class? Yeah. Miss Mack. Miss Mack. Shout out to Miss Mack. And we, it Not was Ms. actually, Sorry. wasn't it during, Miss Ryder, yeah. Um, wasn't it during the summer? Yeah, it was course? our, it was a Maymester course. Yeah. And. And dude, it was like right there smack at the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how I did it. I know when, because we were at Georgia Highlands 
when my brother and my... Go Horses. The Chargers. Chargers, that's what it was. God. Jesus. Um, I do know my mom actually kind of pushed back my brother's funeral because I had finals. Wow. That sucked. I hate that. I hated that a lot. But things... My mom died after I graduated, so that really made things a little bit better. But I also forgot the key component as to why I even went to college in the first place. My dad told me, whatever you do, you need to go to school. And I told him that, I promise you, I will get my degree. And I ended up getting three. So, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if it wasn't because of that promise I made to my dad, I probably would have, I wouldn't have finished because <laughs> it, it's not easy. College is not easy. Yeah. My dad is still to this day encouraging me to go to college and I am highly considering it, but um, I can completely relate. I mean, I could barely work a job and go to school, so I can yeah. only imagine. It's, then... I mean, I like having my own money though. That was that was the main thing oh, is I liked so. I liked having my own money and I had a, I had really good jobs yeah. too. If I had really bad jobs, I think this go round when I left my job with my when my mom died, I was I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that because I really liked my job, I really did, and I just you know mental health. You know, it was a fun job, but um, if you were working there still, you wouldn't be sitting here right now with me doing this. You're absolutely right. And um, that's just something to think about, you know, um, as much as it fucking sucks to hear and it's corny as hell to say, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. Nope. You know what I'm saying? I truly believe that. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve and the spin turn. And if you ride it, Make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. So, I really believe that. Um, but yeah, um, shout out to you for c accomplishing all of that. Because there's plenty of people like me who can't even get through oh, normal shut school. Up. Shut up. You'll do it. And I'm here to help you with that, too. I'll do it one day. I'm trying to get in the medical field so, you know, I can meet me like a nurse or something like that. I'm a great tutor. Can you tutor me on radiology? Not radiology. Yeah, kill that motherfucker. I can't. There's a whole Zika carrying fucking mosquito in here. I think my ancestors from Puerto Rico just killed it. No. He's still over there somewhere. I'm going to get Zika. So it was nice knowing y'all. Um, <laughs> okay, I like this one. In one of your uh, previous episodes, you mentioned losing your pets. Can you explain, you know, that and grieving a pet? I actually can relate. I had a uh, childhood dog that we kind of grew up with, Tyson. He was a pit bull German Shepherd uh, mix. We got him at the pound, but he was mm -hmm. like the best dog in the world. And I love him to death. He ended up getting like a lemon-sized tumor on his side and actually under his tongue. And it was like kind of preventing him from eating. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so we ultimately made the decision to put him down. But I know that like putting that dog down was like absolutely one of the hardest things that I had to do in my life at this point. And I mean, I've lost people 
like that i cared about you yeah. know what i'm saying but the dog like just hits different no it's i was um, just about to say that it hits a lot different. yeah and it's just like um everybody loves the movie i am legend for that very reason no! you know what i'm saying like that scene hits different because we can no. all relate like having if we had to do that to our own pet like it would it it, it would be horrible so but anyways, like explain that and like explain like to people like I think sometimes people think it's silly grieving a pet like an actual person. But like I completely just can understand it. Like Tyson was my buddy. That was my friend, my yeah. brother in a way. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, just talk about that a little bit. So for people who, who didn't know me, I had two white toy poodles. They're brother and sister named. Are you ready for this? Princess and Buddy. Princess and Buddy. Very original. <laughs> we were also like five or something when we got them. Um, so, yeah. They got really old. They were old. They were old, but they were so sweet. And they were still kicking it, but they were just really old. And my mom was sick. It was like in the early stages of her um, being diagnosed. And she was really sick and she was like, you know, Buddy is just crying all night. What was that? That was Rue. Speaking of crying dogs. I know. <laughs> Poor little babe. So Buddy was crying all night and she was like, I can't do it anymore. And so she told me that I need to put him down. And I was like really mad at my mom for that. But... I kind of later understood because my mom was also like, she was really sick at that mm -hmm. point. She had to actually had to go back to the hospital. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the like hardest decisions um, you have to make as a pet owner. Yeah, and the 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 shitty thing was is that I was on my way to one of my classes, and I had to like sit through class knowing that I had to put my dog down after the class was over yeah and i was like yeah yeah i actually um have a horrible story uh related to tyson and putting him down so we i don't know if we want to get into <clears throat> that horrible stories i mean it's not horrible it, the late the it'll make the lady look horrible <laughs> it's kind of funny though uh so we ultimately decided to put him down because it was um getting in the way of him eating yeah. Um, it was hard for him to eat. He had, like I mentioned, he had a lemon sized tumor under his tongue. So, uh, you can only imagine he was biting it. He was bleeding. And, um, we were going to see my grandmother out of town. And so, uh, we knew we were going to have to put him down eventually. Um, so we just kind of made the decision like, okay, yeah. let's, let's, it's time. So we did it. And then, um, we, when we, when we took him to the vet, we asked her to please cremate him and then send us his ashes. And, um, she said she would take a little, um, clay, uh, print of his paw mm -hmm, and she'd right. take some hair and she'd put it in the clay thing just yeah. so we had a little something, you know, to remember him. And, um, so anyways, uh, probably three months passes and, um, I'm sitting at my other grandmother's house here in, uh, Atlanta and, um, I'm like, uh. We're talking about the dog. We were looking for another dog at this point, and um, we got to talking about Tyson, and something dawned on me that we never received the ashes. So I was like, let me call and find out what's going on. So I called, and the lady says, um, oh, yeah, he's still with us. And I said, what do you mean? What? And she says, well, we, we've been waiting for you guys to reach out to us. He's sitting in our freezer. What? 
Yeah, so my dear Tyson was sitting like like a piece of like some Tyson chicken nuggets sitting in that damn freezer <laughs> for three months and they ain't called nobody. Oh my god. And if I remember that lady's name, I'd put you on blast, but you look yeah, I don't. But you ain't there no more. But you a mobile vet. Mm. I kinda put you out. But yeah. So That's um awful. I'd be so pissed. Oh, I was tight. I was so mad. Oh but my god. we eventually got it and God rest his soul. Um yeah. Anyways, well, I um, have a story. Um, let's hear it. Gonna put my mom on blast real Uh-oh. quick. <laughs> uh, but I had this other dog named Bonnie, and she was the greatest dog. She was a Scotty dog and mm-hmm. a Spitz mix, Aww. and she was like a guard dog for us as babies because my mom had her for a long time. And then my mm-hmm. mom, I was backing up the driveway and ran her over. Wow, my mom ran over a dog too. Oh my god. <laughs> That's crazy. Our moms have a lot of similarities. Um, well, yes. They do. Yes. Yes. They, they both do. got hair. Yeah. Yes. And they both um, got some Puerto Rican in them, different ways. Oh, um, spicy. And um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, my mom ran over our one of our childhood dogs. Um, but luckily, she was so young when my mom did it that uh, we were able to like crater and get her bones to regrow and yeah no. she eventually walked but she was weird um bonnie is in our backyard bonnie um damn well um mm, that was hot do it again all right so we're gonna move on to our next question um thank you very much for bringing up buddy and princess god bless their souls god. i remember them oh what do you think i said god bless their souls god bless their souls that's what i said Julian, Julian. All right. So, um, how is it dealing with a living death? So, when I read this question, I was kind of like, "Huh," but luckily, the person who wrote it used parentheses and they kind of went into detail, so it helped me out a little bit. So, like divorce, loss of a career, loss of health. I'm also going to throw a couple other things in there that are kind of coming to mind right now loss of a a lover a um significant other a person a breakup you know what i'm saying that's definitely something that people grieve over that's definitely something that um deserves grief uh so yeah how do you deal with those things hmm so it's kind of hard to touch on some of those things because i've never been through a divorce Mm -hmm. but i'm going to reference Haley's episode when we talked about grieving a routine Mm -hmm. and when you have a set routine and then something immediately disrupts it where like a like a divorce or you have health issues or you get fired or something like that and your routine can no longer go back to the way it was that is a process and it sucks it sucks so hard But to move forward in the process is kind of having a, of course, taking the time that you need to express all your emotions and release all these these emotions that you're having. But coming up with a game plan on how to move forward is probably one of the biggest things you can do. Coming up with, you know, new steps and a new routine that can kind of be fun. I know when, of course... Yes, it was during my mom's grieving process, but when I had to leave my career, I 
kind of lost my whole routine and of course I went to school for what I was doing so then I felt like oh well there went that you know Mm -hmm. so coming up with a new routine of course when I felt better was kind of fun it sucked but I you know picked up the podcast I've found something that I liked doing and I like to help other people and I just I found up I found a purpose a purpose that I wanted to fulfill and started a new routine around that so yeah no and i mean that totally makes sense um especially when like talking about things like your career or uh, a divorce like a a marriage i can only imagine like the everyday life that you once had you know kind of uh going into a you know disarray and craziness It, it can only i can only imagine how crazy that is and um yeah, even uh, something I kind of mentioned earlier, the um, losing a friend, you know, like someone that you talk to all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I I can honestly say, like, I've been kind of blessed to not, like, lose a lot of friends in my life. But um, I can kind of think of someone that uh, we went to college with that you were friends with that just kind of went ghost. And it was weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that was kind of weird for you because you kind of missed your friend, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I actually still I still think about her. Yeah. And so like I know like you you don't necessarily like grieve her, but like you know you miss your friend and you know Yeah, it didn't it didn't end well. It didn't end well and even when we tried to kind of talk it out, it still didn't go. It didn't go anywhere and it was like I knew I could have handled it better, but I was like, well, you know, I can't I can't make somebody like me yeah so yeah exactly. no, that sucked that that really sucks and uh, i think about her a lot and i hope she's doing well and uh, wish her the best yeah okay so the next one that we have it's gonna kind of tie into two of them one person asked if you could go maybe a little more into detail about your brother and his death and his struggle with addiction and kind of the time when he died uh where you were in your life but then they also kind of brought up, um, have you ever struggled with an addiction uh, through a loss? And um, I think since addiction is just kind of mentioned in both of those, it's maybe something to just talk about and how easy um, addiction is kind of to um, lean on during a grieving process. Because that's when a lot of people, you know, find out that they're addicts is when they go through something traumatic and through the grieving process. So this is kind of this is going to be a long answer, okay? but I will answer both of those completely honest. So my brother, my brother didn't do hard drugs. He, he smoked his weed and drank and popped a couple pills every now and then, but like never really did hard, hard drugs. So I guess I never saw that as an addiction, but mm-hmm. looking back, I overlooked a lot of things with my brother because he was my brother, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to know that he passed away from an overdose was really hard. And, uh, and I know in the last episode, I kind of went into a little bit more detail about it. But um, so when when we went to the hospital, when we got the call for Frank... We thought that he had just overdosed and was in the hospital and, like, was recovering and all that stuff. So, we had these, you know, pissed off feelings. You know, like, mm. you know, it, it's like 5 o'clock in the morning, you know. Like, 
little did we know that he was on uh, life support and his body was shutting down. And so we had to ultimately make a decision to take him off life support shortly after that uh, because there was no brain activity. And that was really hard. It was really hard to to sit there with my mom and kind of talk about our options because there wasn't really any. Yeah. So uh, don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even laugh about that. But Well, not to cut you off, but that's actually something that, um, I mean, is worth saying. Like, you know, I didn't know Frank, you know, super, yeah. super well. But I know that he wasn't, like you said, on hard drugs. Yeah. I know he wasn't a heroin addict or like a crackhead or something like that. And I can, com- I could completely, um, agree with that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I agree, but that just shows you how, like a lot of us, I mean, I'm not going to deny I use some drugs socially and it just shows you like how careful we need to be still at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because and Frank was like so careful. He was like, we, every, all of our friends like went to him for advice on, drugs because he he knew his shit and that's why we were all like really pissed off because and, and confused because there were people out there that were just literally find would find a pill off the street and take it and would be fine and mm. you know survived and someone who was extremely smart and was careful lost his life so yeah well and to get to the second part of that question um have you battled with any addictions during any of these losses? Maybe if not, could you relate to how someone could fall into addiction during this time? So, so I did. I mm-hmm. did struggle with alcohol because luckily drugs don't agree with me. So I dabbled in, you know, some the typical drugs around here and they all made me feel like shit. So I never did them. I never got addicted to them, but I did like alcohol. I liked drinking, but I never drank every day. It was just, a, it was horrible binge drinking. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I would do crazy things. And I did lose a lot of friends because of it. And I completely get it. And that's why I don't really like drinking too much anymore. I like it, but I had to get my mind straight before I could continue drinking because it was so easy to just keep drinking and drinking and drinking because you're hurting inside yeah and it's really hard to get rid of that pain and it's so it's easy to fall into a new routine of an addiction to help with that and you know some people get into drugs some people get into alcohol some people you know completely isolate themselves some people just work themselves to death yeah and it's it's hard it's i just had to really evaluate how i wanted to continue with my life and how i wanted to grow and kind of get get the ball rolling you know Mm. i'm not a kid anymore no not at all so and i woman girl Addiction does run in my family, so I just kind of try and figure out how I can still have fun and be an adult. Yeah. And, I mean, it's completely understandable how someone can, you know, fall into an addiction during grieving time. 
what people got to ultimately understand, and, and this is just in life, a substance is never going to, you know, do the job in covering up, you know, the way you're feeling. Yep. Uh, you have to get to the root of that problem. Mm-hmm. The substance is just temporary. And this is to all my friends and people out there that have problems with addiction, um, whether it's uh, alcohol, drugs, uh, pornography, even. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that one. You know, that's yeah. just it's the these are just fillers um, that are filling the the void for that time that you're experiencing them. After that, you know, once the high goes down, once the drunk wears off, once the porn is off. Uh, the the sadness just comes back. You know what I'm saying? So yep. you got to get to the root of that problem before you're going to be able to handle life again. One more question actually dealing with addiction, which is a really good one, I thought. Using addiction and not necessarily drugs, um, you know, pornography was something we just mentioned. Uh, people, uh, something like you mentioned, uh, people don't realize it, but they're addicted to work, a lot of these people out here. Yeah. Um, but using addiction to cover up uh, mental trauma and depression, um, have you ever dealt with something like that? And um, if so, like, how did you overcome that issue? I feel like I feel like I did when I was in school. Mm. And kind of like when I graduated, I was it was really strange. Mm. It was really strange because I, I was talking with my mom and I was like, I don't know what. I'm going to do when I graduate. And she was like, well, what do you mean? Like, you, you haven't found a job or anything? And I was like, no, 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 no. I have been so dedicated to my schoolwork and kind of focusing on that as well as having a job, but just really focusing on school. I kind of didn't deal with a lot of things. So I was like, well, uh, you know, I really don't have time. I really don't have time to deal with these things. I kind of have to go to work and I kind of have to do what I need to do for school and, you know, be a girlfriend and be a daughter and be a friend. So I kind of put my mental health on the back burner and I kind of knew that when I finished school, I was going to have to deal with the shit. I was going to have to really just kind of face it. But unfortunately (laughs) I had to kind of deal with my stuff. No, no, no. It was fortunately, fortunately, I didn't have to really face my feelings headed on until my mom passed, Mm -hmm. which was about a little bit of a a little little short of a year. So of graduation. So, oh, yeah, I didn't have to really deal with my my issues until my mom passed away. So I got an extra, you know, few months. Mm-hmm. Before I actually had to deal with it, but no, I did. I did struggle with that with school, and uh, like you said, you, it's just something you have to deal with head on. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can really do when going through these situations, you know, yeah. because um, you know, something I've kind of realized um, during uh, your situation, and you know, I recently lost a, a cousin. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the world doesn't stop for this. You know what I'm saying? Your world stops, but the world around you, you know, it just keeps going. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we like humans kind of have to just deal with in a way, you know, like um, your job is only going to allow you to be off for so long, you know, after a loved Typically one. Typically two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like really and truly like in losing like a, a mother, 
like two weeks is what you're giving someone to grieve. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of a, it's crazy to really think about, um, someone so special to you as, you know, you're given two weeks to, you know, kind of just get over it, if you will, because that's ultimately what they're expecting out of this. Yeah. But, two um, weeks is, is nothing. It took me, it took me a good two months to get into therapy and kind of work through some things, kind of get the ball rolling, start taking medicine, mm-hmm. finding a doctor to get on the right medicine. Like it was a process. Two weeks. It, I mean, yeah. the like that's a whole different story. You guys listen to episode three, <laughs> and you'll know how I feel about our mental health system. So, well, you know, and and something else you kind of mentioned in your last answer is like putting your mental health on the back burner. Um, I think that's like what a lot of people are like. A, a, it's a problem that a lot of us deal with. It's something I deal with. I know that. Yeah, I'm constantly in my head. Uh, you know, next week I'll do it. Next week I'll do this. Next week I'll do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's not just mental health, even my personal health, you know, I'm constantly in a state of, uh, on Monday I'll start the diet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's, it's constant every Diets week. Diets are a joke. Yeah. I mean, so, no, like no offense to anyone who's on a diet, but like, I know for a fact in my brain, I'm not going to diet. Mm-hmm. Like I can make more conscious decisions on what I eat, but I'm not going to sit here and eat some plain ass chicken and some disgusting rice with no flavor when you know when, b- when our parents are both from new orleans and puerto rico yeah, so yeah. like i am not doing that i feel like that's an insult to my ancestors yeah no i Sorry. feel you i'm i'm completely the same way you know what i'm saying like i want the the nice bod but at the same time it's like i'm just not willing down uh you know to put down the pork chop so um you know you just got to do what you got to do baby um live life to the fullest you know yeah to the fullest stomach so um <laughs> So um this one's kind of deep um but it's a uh, it's it might be a nice one to uh kind of you know uh, start wrapping things up. You've mentioned in previous episodes uh that you were with uh your mom like in the final moments. And um that's actually something I didn't really know. Yeah, I haven't really told anybody about yeah. it. Um so the question was uh what was that like for you? So shout out to whoever wrote that question but um bro really you know what it was like, right? You know, come on now. It was great. Um, it was wonderful. So I was uh, actually with you when your mom reached out to you and told you that uh, she needed you to move back home. I yeah, don't know if you remember right. that night. That's but, absolutely right. You, you you were coming over um, to my house and I yeah. literally was on the phone with my mom, like horribly crying. And everyone was like, what is going on? Yeah. And um, I, you know, me and you had just kind of started, um... We never really lost touch or anything, but we kind of no. started hanging out a lot more. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I remember that. And I remember the, um, not only, you know, of course, the, the, the crushed look on your face, but, uh, I remember the way I felt like, yo, what? Yeah. yeah like, this, this was it. <laughs> you know, like I, and I, cause I remember, I remember when you told me your mom was sick and I just, you know, you almost couldn't, you can't, you, you almost can't believe it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like. I'm not, I'm not a huge, like, person that, like, really, I make jokes all the time, but, like, I don't really believe in, like, luck, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if, like, a person has luck or not, yeah. but if anybody had some bad luck, I mean, it's my girl right here. 
and well you know it's uh it was so funny because when we were cleaning out some of my mom's stuff and some of her books mm. i kept finding these four-leaf clovers that she had pressed for me uh -huh. and i'm like well i'm gonna throw these in the trash <laughs> like these obviously didn't do me any good <laughs> no i i i mean i can sit here all day and be like why me god why mm. me but i guess i was i was made for this like, you are made for the troubles and triumphs that you will have in your life. And mm -hmm. damn, someone had some some real fucking plans for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but okay. So let's let's go. Let's, can you repeat the question one more time? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's basically what was it like being with your mom in her uh, in her final moments? Okay. So I'm pretty sure I talked about my mom being on hospice. It was in-home hospice. Uh, and for people who may not know what in-home hospice is, it's where the end of life takes place in their house. So nurses come out and kind of make sure and you know, uh, make sure that the, the patient's comfortable and that they are getting what they need to basically die peacefully. And so we got her home and in my last episode with guilt, I kind of touched base on how my mom couldn't really breathe and couldn't really talk. So I didn't really know if she was uncomfortable or if she was just trying to talk. But they also give you, like, this book. And I wish I should have kept the book, but I was just so mad that I just threw everything away. But there's this book that explained, like, what the end of life looks like. And I kind of dealt with some of that with my dad. Because, you know, my dad, jeez, my dad had a stroke and then came back home and then had another stroke and no one would take him. Because it was the weekend, so he was, like, at my house, and we were all taking care of him, and then he got taken to hospice and then died that night. Ugh. So, I kind of, like, understood what it looked like. This is, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks talking about. But when my mom, the nurses that I dealt with were angels, I swear to God. And this one, they, they, they give you this number that you can call uh, for 24 hours, and... If you need a nurse, there's always a nurse on call 24 hours. And so I'm sitting there one o'clock in the morning and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I don't know if my mom is like, if she's uncomfortable or in pain, like I'm just going to call because they said, when in doubt, just call. So I called and this beautiful, voluptuous <laughs> nurse pulls up at my house at one o'clock in the morning in a black Mercedes and she goes and checks on my mom and she comes back down and she looks at me and she said, go and grab your stuff and go lay with your mom because this is it. And she said it in such a beautiful way that I was like encouraged by that. I, I kind of was like, okay, like this is, this is what I need to do. And so I went upstairs and like laid in bed and I I have like this stuffed monkey that I've always had. My mom like adored it and so I kind of like had that with me and 
I just kind of had my final talk with her and with like a smile on my face and I started singing some of our favorite songs. And then um, my mom took her final breath at, at five o'clock in the morning sharp. And it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. It was also the hardest thing, but it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced because you kind of wait, like when you're dealing with somebody who is like, I don't know, when you're taking care of somebody who has been in pain and they're no longer in pain, you're like, you kind of, oh my God, Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> you wasn't supposed to see that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, mm. You can finally breathe. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't get that with anybody else, so... I feel like my final moments with my mom were exactly what needed to happen. So I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that I was able to do that with her. So, and there you have it. Thanks for listening to my TED talk. <laughs> well, God bless and shout out Miss Candy. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the greatest. I'm thinking about your mom every day because I have her, which they're not doing so hot, but I have her forget me nots on my front, uh, my front porch <laughs> well, and I, I look at them and I see them. It's starting to get cold. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Fine. So, um, okay. Well on our final, um, hold on, let me clear my nose. Cause this girl got me over here crying and shit. <laughs> Just never made me cry before, but that one made me cry. <laughs> um, okay. So our final, um, question is uh something that i think is very important i think it's very important for someone to um people to just know exists um i actually don't know that you've ever done this before but um maybe not um maybe it's something you should try so uh how do you feel and have you ever been to a grief support group how do you feel about i guess i should have so i feel like they're they're great if you are ready for it mm -hmm. also I've never been to one because I've struggled with my grief because, I mean, not so much anymore because I've heard a, a lot mm -hmm. of other people's stories, but I was kind of like, kind of like a bitch with my grief because mm -hmm. I was like, well, this person, you know, has no idea what I, like, yeah, they may have lost their dad, but it's like, well, you know, did they, is them like this, mm -hmm. you know, and I hate to admit that, but it's, it's hard to find a common ground with someone when you're grieving. And if you don't have that, that common ground, then you're like, okay, well then, you know, that sucks, but whatever. So I feel like going to a, a support group may not be as fulfilling mm. as I would hope it would be because, you know, you can have someone that's like, Oh, I lost my daughter or I lost my mom and they died peacefully at home from a heart attack or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, I lost my mom to cancer. So I'm like, you know, I'm not like that anymore, but for a while. And I, I say that now because I'm handling things better, but they're not really happening right now because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So... I wouldn't mind trying one now since I'm a little bit more open, but I know when I wanted to go explore that option, I was a, a bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know I have a friend that uh, lost his dad as well. 
And he likes, you know, every time we talk about him going to see somebody to talk about it, because that's what's caused a lot of issues in his life. Yeah. Um, he always likes to bring that up, you know, like the, they, they'll never understand. They'll never understand. And yeah. what I think people, people need to understand is, um, no, they're not going to understand the exact feelings and um, thing, you know, trauma that you've gone through. But um, what they do understand is the 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 things that are going on in the brain when these things have happened you know yeah. like these people went to school for this and um you know i get what the, i get what my friend is saying but at the same time i wish he would just take a chance and try it because you know no they can't relate exactly but they can you know identify certain things that are going on in um ways that you can maybe process these certain things better yeah, yeah. and i feel like if i would have never pursued therapy and uh you know those kind of things to kind of stay on top of my mental health, then I would be a little bit more aggressive with trying to find one. Mm. But I'm still in the process of making sure that I'm okay to to attend. Yeah, you know, because um, I, I it would be a really great place to network. <laughs> Go in there with business cards. Oh, Check yes. out my podcast. I'll make you cry. Um, <laughs> well, it's meant to make people laugh. <laughs> well, you know, um, and another thing that uh, I just kind of want to touch on before we wrap it up, but, um, you know, um, you mentioned therapy. And that's something that, again, a lot of people, you know, just think that their therapist just won't be able to relate. Or, um, you know, some people, you know, can't afford a therapist or um, all of yeah. that. But, you know, something that uh, people need to understand, and this is something kind of coming from personal experience, like me speaking um, from my life, um, you're my therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like when I have a problem, um, it's usually you or my sister that I'm at and I talk to and I, um, you know, bring my problems to. And um, I I trust you guys' opinion. I, um, I love you guys. And I know that you guys are looking out for the best for me. So that's something to just keep in mind to the people listening. You know, um, you don't have to go see a therapist. You don't have to go see a, uh, counselor, uh, someone who's doing this professional. Talk to your friends. Uh, getting stuff off your chest half Absolutely. the time is all that you need, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think a lot of people, if they realize that they're really just going to their therapist to just vent, uh, they'd probably try and find some better friends, you know, that yeah. they could do it to, for free with. Well, let's let's just, you know, because I have obviously you and Haley and Rachel and all, all these, these wonderful people as my friends, but I decided to go into therapy because it got to a point where it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. To me, to unload that on you guys, because I don't, like, my therapist, I don't know, I don't know how she does it, because she deals with all these kind of patients every day, but, I mean, just sitting here telling you about my mom and, you know, seeing how it, it makes other people upset, you know, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of things that I can't, well, it's not that I can't. I prefer not to talk to you guys about because it is a lot. And mm-hmm. when the time comes for you guys and you go through something similar, then I will be able to, you know, talk to you about it. But it's, you know, it's, I mean, it basically it's already out there now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just, 
I also like nothing towards you guys not saying that you guys have have done this but when I how can I put this I don't want to depend on you guys all the mm. time because depending on you guys means that I have some kind of expectation and if those expectations are not met then I start having feelings and I just don't want to do that. I want you guys to be friends and to be there when simple things happen, you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, most of my family check boxes are already filled, but... Well, it's only simple things at this point, though. Eh, yeah, well, you know. I don't have many left, but I want you guys to be there for the good times and, you know, not to unload those things on you. The things that I've seen... Well, just know that I can speak for at least the three guests that you've now had on this podcast. (laughs) Um, We love you. And if you ever did need to unload any of those things, we're always here to uh, support you. Well, sorry you got to hear a little bit of a heavier subject. (laughs) Um, And just to touch on that real quick, um, it's not it's not the the, the story doesn't make me feel bad. It's the it's, it's more of a. A sad for you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, I love you. And um, I'm just sad that you had to, you know, experience that ultimately. Wow. But it is what it is. Yeah. Can't nothing be done. And yeah. that's the attitude we have around here at the Good Grief Podcast. You know, um, we celebrate those that we've lost. Shout out to all the real ones. We um, the real dead ones. <laughs> God damn. Um... <laughs> We think about you guys all the time. Absolutely. Uh, we pray for you guys, and uh, we love you still to this day. So um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Is there anything that you wanted to um, say, touch on, before I um, close my podcast that you are guesting on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to s- just thank anything everyone who who wrote in. And I wasn't expecting, honestly, these these questions. But I am always happy to answer the questions the best of my to my ability, and I just thank you guys so much for continuing to stick with me through this journey. And I had fun with you. I hey, hey. I don't. This is how I normally am, and uh, it was fun to kind of have you know a different different personality on the show. So it was fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You're you're welcome anytime. Oh, thank um you. anytime you ever want. Everybody be sure to uh give uh Good Grief Jesse a follow. Uh download the episode that helps us out a lot. Leave us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, whatever you're listening to if you haven't already. And uh thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. Uh good grief griefers. Bye bye. Long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, you time means you building, you drilling, you doing, you recharging, you saving, and you going back for more. Do Labor Day your way and get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, 
make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.